Welcome to the Diamonds and Pearls podcast for the woman who's creating her own path to freedom, walking in her sovereignty and creating an impact using her intuitive gifts. We will chat divine feminine energy, aligning with your purpose and connecting with women who are here to serve as a leader and create an impact in the collective consciousness. My name is Jessica Sugar, and I'll be your host and I'm so happy to have you part of this sisterhood, this collective where we can rise up together. So if you're ready, let's dive right in. All right, beautiful ladies, let's chat about the elevator. The elevator is my three-month container where we really dive into elevating your life in a safe container. In this three-month container, we dive deep into energetics, the chakra system. We dive into divine feminine, um, tapping into your feminine energy, um, a lot of shadow work as well as inner child work and integration of NLP strategies and techniques and healing sessions to really empower you to activate, to clear and to move anything that is really um, holding you back from showing up as that sovereign leader you are. Um, If you're interested in learning about this three-month container, head over to jessicashugart.com or send me a DM over on Instagram at jessicashugart. This is a safe space for you to really tap deeper into this work. So much beauty happens in this container, and I'm really excited for the women that are diving in with me. So shoot me a message, and we'll love to give you more details. Now let's get back to the episode. What's up, beautiful ladies? Welcome to another episode of the Diamonds and Pearls podcast. So excited to bring to you a new guest today, and you guys are going to love her. Just finished wrapping up editing the, the podcast, and so much deep juicy conversation um, that happened in this episode so you guys are going to love it we talk about so many parts of like the sisterhood Um, this is something that's really been on my heart and it's actually part of the theme of one rise collective last month so it tied in so perfectly with um, a lot of the things that i've been sharing with my community um I'm excited for you girls to hear this episode, so I'm not going to say too much. I'm just going to share a little bit about Libby, and we'll dive into that. Libby Button is an embodiment and network marketing professional whose passion is to strengthen the lives of women in their local community and beyond. She has her MS in clinical psychology, which led her to work in the feminist leadership development community. Girls, this is a beautiful and very powerful episode. Please make sure to tag Libby or myself with your takeaways or anything that you want us to go deeper into. Enjoy the episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I'm really excited and I loved our chemistry call that we did before. So this I'm sure is going to be great. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. Um, So we're just, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, um, what you do um, currently, and maybe just share like one or two things about you that we don't know that we could learn about you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. You could go a lot of fun places with that. So, (laughs) Um, all right. I am, I live in Portland, Maine with my husband, Paul, who he is a business owner. He owns a food retail business. And I work in um, embodiment coaching, and I'm also a top leader in a network marketing company. So I've been involved in the network marketing company for about eight and a half years. And in embodiment coaching, I've actually been 
doing that work, supporting another person's coaching program for the last couple of years, and just recently ventured out into kind of taking the stage, if you will, (laughs) for myself a little bit more. I'm still co-facilitating with someone and it's under the the umbrella of us doing that, not someone else's coaching program. So you can imagine that (laughs) this is a very rich time for energy for me. I actually just did a live coaching call earlier. And every time I get off, I'm just like, my skin is hot and I'm so lit (laughs) up and so energized by witnessing women taking up space and, you know, being willing to go there together. Mm. Um, So that's a little bit about the work that I'm involved in. I used to be a clinical therapist. So I am, I have a master's in clinical psychology. I bartended for many years, which has a lot of crossover (laughs) with, with coaching and counseling, you could say. (laughs) And then (laughs) Yeah, right. If you've ever bartended out there, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then a couple things that you don't know about me. Wow. There's so many ways I could go with that. Um, I love to sing and I'm also terrified to sing in front of people because singing has been so therapeutic to me. Mm -hmm. And the way that I actually got involved in coaching was through a coaching program where after two months together, we have a retreat in Maine and you sing on stage at a live ticketed public event with a live band, photography, hair, makeup, and everything. And it's just interesting to me that that was the key to the portal that opened up the coaching stuff for me. Wow, I love that so much. And singing is like one of those things that like, people are like, if you do it, either you're all about sharing it, or sometimes you're like in the closet. (laughs) You're just like, no one can know. No one can know about this. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it was so private for me. It's like so therapeutic that I think I was, I know I was afraid to share it because I didn't want to be critiqued because it was, it was like therapy to me. Mm -hmm. And as you know, if you're a woman on planet Earth, listening to this podcast, raising your voice is, you know, can be really triggering. It can be a really radical act and standing on a stage at a public event doing it. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot there. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. There's so much stuff that I want, we're going to dive into about that, about taking up space. Um, I want to have you share about that and love that you're doing network. You did network marketing for so long. Um, I have a background in that as well. So definitely understand what that's like. And um, just so many things that you've kind of had your hat, like your hands on and where we as women, we wear all these different hats. So that's just so beautiful um, that you're kind of shifting into this work as a feminine coach. Um, So how is that like, how did you know, like you wanted to kind of go into this work? Like, what was the thing that kind of guided you here to the space? in into the feminine embodiment coaching mm-hmm. yeah oh wow um well in a very short explanation it could be summed up by when I decided to to do my own thing in coaching I texted my best friend from college and told her and she said proud client since 1998 <laughs> so I think it's always that's the very short explanation it's always been something the direction that my my life has progressed toward. And so there's that piece that, you know, people naturally come to me. I've always been that person that people talk to and in bartending, of course, that was a really great lucrative tool in counseling. It was 
you know, it made me kind of a natural in that sense. And it seemed like that would be the space where I would get to really shine that gift, I guess you could say, of of being able to listen and talk with people and go there with people, like really go there. But I felt really limited um, by the system of counseling. Like I was working with a lot of not just at-risk populations, but a lot of at-risk populations. And I found myself to feel like I couldn't really go there with people beyond a certain point for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but I remember being like, is this, is this really what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I'm sitting here one-on-one and I can't really, in, in counseling, my experience was, is you can't, you don't really get to see a whole lot of the impact that it has out in the world with people. You do get to see some little wins, but in, in coaching and I've, I've been coaching in network marketing the almost the whole time I've been in, you know, once you start building a team, mm-hmm. you're coaching. Um, but in the coaching world, I, I found myself really lit up and turned on by the, by the space that it created for you to be able to go uh, a little more fluidly. I didn't have to do like these really rigid intakes like I did in counseling. And it's just, it just came really naturally, even more naturally to me than, than counseling. So what, what happened was, is I found myself in a place in my life where I was like army crawling through my life. I was exhausted. I had, you know, I had hit a plateau in my network marketing business and I could not figure out what the hell was wrong. Everybody saw me as a leader. Everybody saw my contribution. And I was like putting a smile on, you know, and everybody, nobody would have known that it was just everything was crumbling, I guess you could say, behind the scenes as far as my my emotional health and, and feeling like I was completely out of my body. And that's when I coincidentally clicked on my now very good friend, Megan Joe Wilson's Instagram story about her coaching program. Now I'd followed her for years as a, she's a very talented musician in my area and I'd always loved her energy and her voice, but I didn't know she was a coach. And what resulted from me clicking on that story then turned into me going to New York city to a mama Gina event, which I think you and I talked about mama Gina Mm -hmm. and I had like a dark night of the soul. So I saw like it was like I was having an out-of-body experience and I saw at that Mama Gina event in New York 2,000 women I think it was in the Javits Center all feeling what I was feeling Hmm. so I knew I needed to do something Hmm. and what happened was is I ended up enrolling in Megan Joe's program and she saw my gift for how to be with how I can be with people and she said come with me Come co-pilot with me in this program, which was also really powerful to have a woman Mm. trust me in work that I just like had so much respect for that radically changed my life. Like in the first two months of coaching, I think this is relative relevant to your question. First two months of coaching, my business grew like two or 300%. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love how everything kind of just unraveled like for you down to where it was where you were being guided you know um you know how we have you how you kind of went through that space where you kind of felt like you knew something was off you knew something like you knew there was more and then as you started to just trust 
like take those little steps, right? Um, I always feel like it's our body's way of saying like, go do this, right? Like take this step, right? So as you were doing this, like, were you having any resistance? Like, am I doing the right thing? Or were you just kind of like going with this? Like, was this just something that you felt that you needed to do to connect or... Or you just like you mean it, like the trail of like Mama Gina to Megan Joe to the coaching? Yeah, like the, when you when you yeah. took that click, you know, to go oh, check yes. with your friend. Oh yes, okay. right, and then yes, yes. Okay, I understand the question now. So she and I had Megan Joe and I had not met before, um, but I she was in a band with one of my friends that was really well known around. So like I said, I clicked out of intrigue and I private messaged her, and it yeah, it was just. I felt a physical urge and my experience, I'm so glad you asked this because I've never actually reflected on that moment, but my experience leading up to that was my mind and my body were not in sync. My mind was telling me to try to emulate other people um, more instead of being more me and figuring out what that meant. My mind was telling me to dress a certain way when my body was like yearning to be more outrageous and like have different softer materials on and not really follow rules around that. And I had been so living in my head and wondering what is wrong with me because I can't break this barrier, but I'm like, everybody sees me as a leader and I'm plateauing in my business. What is wrong with me living in my head? And when I heard her talking about her program, her coaching style, what she was up to, my body said, hell fucking yes. Hell yes. And I actually will never forget. She and I talk about this all the time because I still work in her business with her and we're super tight now. And um, I will never forget the first conversation I had with her on a Zoom like this, (laughs) where I was sitting, what I was wearing, what she was wearing. And I just knew I have chills right now. I knew that we were going to do something together, not just the coaching, like me being her client. I just, I had this desire and this like thing I manifested when she asked me to be part of her business that I thought was, you know, silly of me to think, but I just knew I wanted to do something with her. So I always say like, I shudder to think if if I didn't do that, right? Like I, I, we were so broke. I was worried my husband's business was going to like you know, tank, there was all this weird stuff going on with his staff. And it was the last, you know, however much money the program was, I found in an old 401k from this like terrible corporate job I had that I'd never rolled over. And I was like, you know what, we need a furnace, we need a roof, but I have to do this. And my husband was like, I can see when I talk to you about this, that you have to. Oh my gosh. Like I, you said full chills. I have full body chills. (laughs) Like, like there's just so much activation like going on in my body. Like I feel it. Um, because the reason that one thing that really stuck out when you were speaking was that trust piece, right? Like the disconnect that we have with our bodies, right? This, and it's so funny because this is something that I've been talking a lot with my clients is, um, building that trust with ourselves again, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we've been so disconnected with making those choices and understanding what that nudge is, right? That guidance that we're getting. So I love that, you know, how you kind of just, you knew like there was a separation here, but you let your, let your heart lead you here. Your body was like, oh, this is a hell fucking yes. Like, yes, we're doing mm-hmm. this, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, 
this is where the activation happens where we can get back in tune into that every day. Like, where am I being guided? Where, like, mm-hmm. what, what's the thing that's really lighting me up here? And I think so many women are looking for this. So um, just a beautiful way to show them, hey, like, what your story is sharing, you know, we have these guidances, right, that our body is telling right. us. And sometimes we don't listen in fear yes. of like, what if I take this step, and then we start things start shifting. So as you took that step, right, you started going down this path, working with mm-hmm. uh, Mama Gina, Mama Jean, how beautiful. And like, what was that like being in that process with her? Well, the Mama Gina stuff, I went to an experience weekend in New York City that was two days long. And what happened was, is I, what she, I mean, she is just um, a force. If you've ever been to any of her events, if you haven't, please go. Um, and she does some virtual stuff right now. But the way that she designed the weekend revealed to us how women suffer as how we as women suffer as a result of how our bodies are oppressed and how we then oppress our own bodies and don't listen to that nudge and how it makes us sick and bitter and resentful and frozen. And that, that weekend alone changed my life. Um, I came home and I cried for a week straight. I mean, literally sobbed. Looking back now, I, I realize how much of it was grief around my body stuff. Mm. I have like a sexual trauma history. I have some other trauma history and also inhabiting a female body today is, <laughs> has a lot of its own micro traumas that go around, uh, along with it culturally. So anyway, mm-hmm. I cried for a week straight and that was like, I believe the opening to me seeing that I was terrified to, to do it my way. I was terrified to be in a, you know, a full figure plus size, whatever you want to call it body Mm. and step out onto the stage and say, I'm going to wear this edgy thing that draws more attention to my body. I'm going to talk about these things that other leaders that I'm working with might not be talking about like the, the unspoken stuff like that we're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. And I had this fear of what if I do it my way and I'm still not enough. What if I inhabit my body fully and you know, we're, it's always a process. Sometimes it's minute by minute. Right. But mm-hmm. what if I really lean into that is what I'm getting at mm-hmm. and I go for it and I take up the space and I do it my way. Like, what if I'm still not enough? It was actually, I was trying to make it like I was hiding, thinking that that was safer subconsciously. Like if I don't go out and do it my way, then I can just be like, well, I'm doing everything you're telling me. Do you see what I mean? Mm. Um, so that was really the bulk of my work with Mama Gina, other than doing a bunch of her online things and reading her book, Pussy a reclamation. I'm not sure if I'm allowed Amazing. to say that on the podcast. But- of course. And it's ama- every woman should read that book. Like it is just yes. so good. You have to. Yeah. So read it multiple times because you'll black out for parts of it. But there's <laughs> I did that, but Megan Joe, the coach that I then ended up supporting when I did her program, Rockstar Camp. She had done mastery with Mama Gina twice. So she gives credit to that. She taught she teaches some of those tools and 
it, my business grew in two months. I had plateaued for four years in my business. In two months, my business grew, I believe it was 300%. It might've been 200, but I'm 99% sure it was 300%. Wow. Um, my marriage completely shifted. My husband had a shift witnessing the women on the stage. He had a transformative experience and the sisterhood that was created, I have chills again, like the sisterhood that was created in that eight weeks with women I did not know, women from all over the world. A woman flew in from West Africa for in our cohort for the retreat, a woman from Barbados, a woman from Canada. I mean, it was like women from all over the world, mm. stake in the ground, we're going to do this together. And the, the power of that sisterhood, how it still trickles out into my life, mm. everything's changed. I mean, I can't even... I literally, like I said, a shudder to think had I not said, fuck it, I'm going to spend this money from the 401k because all the things that trickled out after it. And my husband, he ended up doing the only men's rock star camp. And he says, like, I don't know if we'd still be together. I don't know if my business would still be here if I had not done that. So wow. it changed everything. Wow. That's so beautiful. Um, the power of being around other women that are creating this change is definitely a ripple. And I see that. And it's so beautiful um, to hear how it's really impacted your your business. You know, when you do the work for yourself, um, it really does. I believe that 100% how as a leader, we get to hold the standard. So that standard was definitely raised when you showed up for yourself and you created that new, you paved that way for those women, right? So that is beautiful because that is true leadership, in my opinion. I think that's really about stepping outside the box, right? And out of the lines and like taking up space. So let's talk about that. Like I, you know, I saw your video. I saw some of your videos on Instagram and I just love your, your tutu that you're wearing. And but it's, it's like you're up there and you're like, damn, I'm here, peoples. Let's go. Like, and your energy, and there's no shame in that. And I'm all about, you know, I, I've been through my own stuff with like, being sexual or sharing my sexual side of me or just the um the playful side or the you know wanting to move my body and just dance and express like those are all things that I think so many of us are ashamed of to be judged right as a woman so how how for you like how have you overcome this like you know I know there's a lot of fears that come up right we have insecurities we have shame we have mm. um just so much stuff that we carry right judgment. Mm -hmm. It's really heavy. I feel like that's a big thing. But how have you kind of helped yourself to move through this so that you can take up that space? Yeah. Oh, wow. There's, there's so much there. So one of the things that, well, first and foremost, before I forget to give credit again, mama Gina's tools, like she has, she teaches embodiment tools for sure that are so simple, so potent. And I've yet to find anything better or more effective as far as getting back in your body goes. But uh, so that's, I've, I've covered myself there. Um, one of the primary things that comes to mind always when I get a question like this is in sisterhood. So there's this whole cultural canvas that we get painted onto where we don't realize that the story is 
that if I'm taking up space, then somehow it's taking away from you, Jessica. Or if I'm, if my body's one shape and size and someone says it's beautiful, then the person who's isn't is a different shape and size couldn't possibly be. If I'm raising my voice, there's no space for you to. So all this lack mentality around women and togetherness, uh, if that makes sense. So a lot of it was when I cried for a week after mama Gina was like, what had been revealed to me was how women have been so divided by design. And then we started dividing ourselves because it's like, you know, my friend says it's in the air we breathe. You can't see it until you see it. So there's that piece of it. And then when you come into a space, like what mama Gina does and what Megan Joe's doing, and I'm sure what you're doing and what I'm doing as well now, um, where we're, not having that conversation. Like we're not committed to that, that energy anymore because without women, like let's say there's four legs of the patriarchy, (laughs) because that's what we're really talking about here without women holding up two of those legs, the table doesn't stand. Right. So being in spaces with women in sisterhood, where we say, okay, we all have participated in this. And our new conversation is we're going to shine in front of each other we're going to cheer each other on. Um, We're going to allow our rage Mm -hmm. in front, you know, in spaces where it's, you know, there's containers and tools and all that stuff where we can just witness each other and not try to fix each other. Because if I'm trying to fix you, you bet your ass I'm trying to fix myself. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of the unlearning stuff that I've had to do. And when you do it in a group of women, I'm experiencing this right now in the group coaching that I'm co-facilitating. When you do this in sisterhood in a group of women where you're all committed to, we're not going to fix each other and everything gets to belong. And we call bullshit on all those lies of lack. Mm -hmm. You can't even measure the impact of even one woman walking away with the, the, you know what, I'm changing this conversation with all the women I interact with and being held. Women want I'm actually brewing on a post about this for Instagram right now. Women long to love each other. And we've been hypnotized into thinking it's not safe. So I know I'm really kind of going off on my whole tangent right now, but it's so important. (laughs) Yeah, this is the only way that I, the greatest healing, I've done a lot of healing on my own. I've been in therapy. I've been a therapist. I've done leadership, done a lot, all the things. But the own, the greatest healing that I have ever experienced and the most whole healing experiences I've had have been in those spaces of sisterhood where we're committed to everything gets to belong. We're not trying to fix each other. And me shining does not mean that you can't. It actually is me shining means you can because I did mm. and vice versa. Mm, oh my gosh. This uh, this is like everything that I'm for. I'm like, yes, this is beautiful. Yes. Um, all about the sisterhood. And I agree with you 1000% that there is so much healing in the sisterhood. When mm. we allow each other to see, validate, and hold space for each other is definitely healing. I know for myself, it's been a huge... A shift that I've also experienced because I, we don't, we never felt safe doing that. We never felt, I know for myself, I never felt that I, other women could actually see me as how I wanted to be seen or, 
or even just allowed me to be my authentic self, right? So um, everything you're sharing, there it's so true. There is just so much beauty and so much magic in having that sacred container where you don't need to be fixed and because we're constantly trying to do it to ourselves. So (laughs) having someone to say, girl, I see you or, you know, like you're not alone. Or and to like hold our, hold our darkness too. Like that's the other piece. Like when we're capping off, when we're stuffing our rage, oftentimes our rage is righteous. Like I'm just going to say it and it might piss people off, but oftentimes we have a lot of rage as women for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. And we're not allowed to express rage because it makes us crazy bitches. You know, this is the cultural message, right? Yeah. So mama Gina says, um, and again, like I'm saying a lot of her stuff because it's just changed my life so much, but like to the extent that we can experience, allow the experience of our rage and grief is to the extent that we can allow the experience of our joy, our pleasure, our sensuality, our flirtation. And if we're, if we're shutting one thing off, we're muting everything. So that other piece of the sisterhood too, of like, um, again, everything gets to belong. And a lot of women I've talked to, whether they came into the program or they were hesitant, whatever the programs are, whether it was mine or Megan Joe's or whatever, um, they, there are a lot of women who are scared to go be in a group of women because we have participated in this, you know, and it's a, it's okay to be scared. And it's just like Mm -hmm. such fertile soil for healing and what the world I think is dying for. And I think this is a beautiful entry of like, let's talk a little bit about leadership because, you know, when we have these women, we know they're watching, they're looking. (laughs) When you're in network marketing, you know, you've got these girls that are in your area, right? And they're just like, oh, I just love what she's doing. I love her energy. I love like, you know, but I just can't do that. Or, you know, I just don't have what it takes or I'm not confident enough or, um, you know, I, you know, all the things that we say to ourselves mm-hmm. that we can't do it. Right. So there mm-hmm. comes this piece of like building that trust and like, you know, they say people buy from who they like trust and know. Right. So there's like that piece too. So mm-hmm. what are the things for you that you feel have helped women to step into this container? Oh man, there's so many again, <laughs> such good questions because there's just like such a vast landscape for all of these things. So, um, one thing that I believe is so critical is, um, creating a space where people actually feel and, and know that they are your equal. So one thing that is really, uh, sticky is hierarchy And hierarchy is something that we're taught everywhere we look from the moment we're born and specifically in jobs, specifically in leadership roles, in traditional employment for other people. And we're taught a lot of lack around it again. Like, well, one person gets to be the CEO and you have to be a really special person. And if the job ever opens, you have to fight a million other people for it and step on someone's neck and all that stuff. I believe part of what that creates is a belief that you'll never be good enough. 
Someone will always be better than you. Mm. Who do you think you are? There's not enough to go around. So from the get-go creating, like having your message, obviously you can say, oh, we're all equal, but having the energy of your messaging whether it's social media or if you're writing or how you speak to your prospects, whether it's coaching or network marketing or whatever, Mm -hmm. really understanding the importance of people believing that they are your equal. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have expertise and wisdom that you can impart and you'll put on the coaching hat when it's time for that. And we're still equals, you know? Um, And because, so, so there's that piece. The other thing is, is that a lot of times women just need permission. (laughs) Like that might stir up some stuff for people when they're listening to this, but like one drop of permission for a woman to follow her desires, you can't even, again, I keep getting chills talking to you. I love this conversation (laughs) because you know, I was talking to someone yesterday and she's like, I love you. Like you, I would love to be, she actually said, I would love to be led by you, which I was like, oh my God, like what a compliment. And you're leading yourself too. Like you're even having this conversation is self-leadership is what I told her. Um, and you know, she was just like, I would love to do this a lot. And then all the stories come in. Right. And I just, went back to what she told me was not working in her life. You know, I said, you have these, or not even what wasn't working. I said, you have these desires that you're not fulfilling right now around time with loved ones, around your health, around how you don't appreciate like big business and all these things. We're going to have to try things on for every endeavor that we get involved in. Um, You're saying that you're scared to talk to people and you see me as someone who it's really easy for That's a whole other conversation because that's what we think and what Mm. is true behind the scenes are two different things. Um, I just said, it's really going to come down to if you are willing to try this on or desiring to try this on and let it just unfold how it does, if it's possible that those desires could be met. And she was like, oh, because I think we get so out of our bodies when we think about the possibilities, when we look at something, especially like network marketing, where there's so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that piece. So permission to follow her body was saying yes, but her mind was saying no. Mm. So giving her permission to follow her desire and her body. And I tell people too, whether it's a coaching call or an art uh, network marketing call, Mm -hmm. I say, this is either going to be a hell yes or a hell no, but we're going to celebrate either one because your body is going to tell you. And that is the most important thing for you to listen to. I believe that's true. I picked that up along the way from various coaches I work with. And Mm -hmm. so helping them tune into their bodies. I mean, again, I could keep going, but there's a lot, there's a lot of mm, stuff. I love those. Those are great. Yeah. Like totally a hundred percent the hell yes, hell no in the body. Um, we are equals and I, I feel that too because there is no separation and it comes from all that deep ingrained culture like that we've been taught in the patriarchy like 
one is better than the other. And I know for myself, I felt that very much like I don't belong here, right? Like, who am I to share? Who am I to be at this table with these women? Like, you know more than me and I'm not, you know, so we have all that, right? So I love that beautiful piece that you can kind of bring that awareness to them, um, to welcome Mm -hmm. them so that they know that it feels safe to be there. Um, And that safety piece is really important for any type of container where a woman wants to come in and do this work. I feel that should be yeah. like our foundation. So that's beautiful. Um, I'm like loving this conversation. We're running out of time. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> we could be chatting for such a long time. I just want to ask you one more question. Um, I'm, I have to have you come back and we'll, we'll do part two. <laughs> yes, I would love to. You're awesome. I love spending time with you. And this is, I, it's, I call it the vortex. You know, we just go into the vortex. I never remember what, what I say, <laughs> but I know when I'm I know it's the vortex because I like I'm in my body and I'm just here. So thank you for your beautiful guidance. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being here. Um, So let's just real quick. One more thing. I would love for you to share a little bit about body image and like, you know, your experience with um, because you've had the opportunity to kind of step in to do some modeling. Um, And I know that for myself, I've very been much in that industry. I know how hard that is. I know that for having there's just been so much growth too for this industry. I think you should share like for you, you've had this opportunity and represent the plus size models. Like what has that been like for you? First of all, I'm so glad that the needle is finally moving. Even if it's like one, one millionth of a percent, like yeah, hopefully it's quantum leaps from now on um, from what you're sharing about representation, even for Vogue, which is like one of the oldest, most followed yeah. fashion magazines, publications. So, you know, it's, it's about time. So <laughs> I'll just say that. Hell yes. Uh, hell yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'm going to share a tiny story. When I was younger, um, I had, so I have a sexual trauma history and what happened was, is I know this now looking back, but I started eating to protect myself. I had I had been smart enough to gather the intel from the cultural messaging that if I gained weight, I might be less appealing. Okay. I know this is a lie now and every man I've ever been intimate with will line up and tell you, or woman for that matter, will line up and tell you it's never been a problem. Right. But I, so I started to gain weight. I started to lose confidence. I started to hate my body, all the things like just shame and, and all this stuff. And when I was in eighth grade, we went shopping for a dress for my graduation and the owner of the dress shop told me I was beautiful and asked me if I, if I would model in a show for them. And I am not kidding. When I say I literally thought they were kidding. That's how little I thought of my my, my flavor of body and face and beauty being, being represented. So just to give you that little piece of context. Mm -hmm. So over the years, I had some eating disorder stuff. I had, you know, all kinds of behaviors. Um, Again, I was really good at making it look like I knew what, that I had my, you know, had my stuff together. Um, And I recently decided to start to enroll like last year, I'm in my second round of it in a writing program to write about, uh, I, I decided to write about this stuff, this whole idea of 
how we're traumatized out of our body's wisdom and, and just the physical form of our bodies as women and all these things. So as soon as I decided that, um, my dear friend, Susan, who is the founder and uh, CEO, I believe CEO, but I know she's the founder and owner of Skin, which is a global loungewear company, messages me and literally like the day that I decided this was the subject matter, asked me if I would model in a shoot in Manhattan. I was like, is this a joke? This like that God has a sense of humor kind of thing. Like this is a cosmic <laughs> joke. So what happened was, is I trust her. I love her. And all I saw with my eyes were typically like what appeared to be size zero to four in her catalog. Now, Susan and I have dressed essentially in lingerie as backup dancers when we were in the men's rock star camp. <laughs> so she's seen my body and I trusted her and I was heading into having no idea what the other models would look like, thinking she wouldn't have my size. She didn't have my measurements. She didn't seem concerned. So the, the night before, I didn't sleep for three nights before the shoot, which you can imagine is really great for the face when you're going to be photographed. So I got all anxious about that. But then I had a full meltdown the night before, and I had a clearing kind of conversation with a friend of mine who's a coach. I went into it and... It took me so long to get into my body. Like she knows me as this wild woman from Rockstar Camp who like, that's when I kind of set myself free. And she was like, you, you need to relax. And I'm like, <laughs> basically my, I feel like my whole like bottom half is hanging out because I'm sitting on a stool in this tiny little camisole thing. And by the way, when I tried on one article and it fit, I was like, okay, even if nothing else fits, I have one thing they can photograph me. And I mean, that's how dark my thoughts were like, I'm going to be laughed out of there. Mm -hmm. So she got me to get back in my body. She's like, just pretend you're having an orgasm. And I was like, well, I actually have a rule. Like I don't, I don't pretend to have orgasms. So like, <laughs> no, I can't help you there. But anyway, she helped me get back in my body and laugh and all that. And the other women were incredible. And they, there was only one like, quote unquote, like, true professional model there. Everyone, it was a campaign about being comfortable in your skin. And I was representing the plus body. I know that's a bit of a story and you might need to edit some of that out, but the, when the, when the shoot, I didn't know what she was going to do with the shoot. I didn't ask any questions, which looking back was insane. Um, but when I saw me come up, it almost makes me want to cry. When I saw a picture of me come up, for skins advertising when I had only seen size zero to two or four is what it looked like. I just, I was like, even if one person, one plus size person, mm -hmm. fat bodied person, full figure person, whatever you want to call it. Cause I don't think we've really found a great term for it, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> or most uh, an inclusive term. If one person says, oh my God, she's modeling for skin. Wow. Look at her. Like she has like ripples on her stomach and she's, I mean, I could not, I was like on cloud nine. I wanted to throw up as well because I was like, oh my God, my stomach is on Facebook. Like what is happening? But that. I think that story, I mean, I've done some other modeling, but that story and the impact of seeing myself every time it comes up, I've had people send it. Is this you? I was just shopping on skins 
site. And like, that's my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time I'm just like, what a gift that I, this body that I hated for so long and still have my struggles with, I got to be the first representation of another shape and size for a brand that I absolutely love. Um, It's just, I can't really put into words how much pride I have in that. Mm, I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you for sharing so openly. Like, my heart is just, whew. Gotta take a moment here. (laughs) Yeah, same. I know what it's like. (laughs) So I get it. Um, The modeling industry is very competitive. And I think there's so many women that just judge themselves, you know, and... And to be so vulnerable, you know, like you're putting yourself out there um, in a space that you've never done before, you know. Um, so thank you for sharing that, because I think there's just so many women that will really give them courage to just come to a place of, you know, just loving their bodies, loving like who they are and knowing that. You know, yeah, your experience might be a little different than someone else's and your body shape may look a little different, but we all carry the same feelings of like not being enough or not being worthy or like, is this, is it too much or is it not enough or, you know, whatever thoughts come up around our bodies, right? Um, Just to kind of equal with what you shared a little bit, I had a photo shoot like a year about, maybe it was like a year, a little over a year. And my body is not the same like how it was before. Um, But there was definitely a lot of self-doubt and thoughts that come up, right? When we do these things, like, are they going to think I look good? Or what if I look horrible? Like all the things you were sharing, I get it because I've been there 100%. Um, And, um, you know, I think giving ourselves that permission, like we talked about before, is allowing ourselves to just be with with all of it, right? Like allowing ourselves to share those parts of ourselves that are messy and scared and like just how you were so open to share your experience. Um, I just want to say thank you again because, you know, not many people share that, right? They don't share the messy parts. They don't share like, yeah, I was in the skin photo shoot, but like you had no fucking clue how scared I was. <laughs> Right, like, right. like it was a fresh <laughs> new hell. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like what an amazing gift and that, you know, the opportunity that you had. So that's so beautiful. And I thank you for sharing your story. And I hope that it really encourages other women out there as it touched my heart. And I know that it will for sure. So thank you, Libby, for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was totally my pleasure. What a gift you are. I love the conversations you're having. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. We'll have to have you back again. Thank you girls for tuning in today. And Libby, can you just share a little bit where they can find you and connect with you? Yes. Yes. Um, You can find me on the gram, on the Instagram. And my handle is the Libby Bunton, B-U-N-T-E-N. And LibbyBunton.com is my coaching website. So those are probably the easiest ways to find me. Awesome. Thank you again, Libby, for being here. Thank you.